Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. No such thing as a media ban. We don't have a media ban. Ah, you do? No, we don't. A donkey's eat and a donkey's eat a palace. There's nothing else to eat. He was massive. Legs, ass, spit. But I burst out laughing about Some good news to start off the hurling show, lads. A hundred supporters are going to be allowed at club and intercounty from next Monday. Um, so that's something. And it's 200 if the capacity is over 5,000, which most intercounty grounds would be. So we might have 200 at intercounty games, a hundred at club games, uh, Connell. So, like, I mean, I don't know. It's like, Jesus, we're beggars now and we're delighted with any scraps. But look, I'm not going to start giving out about it. Ah, no, looks great. It's it's progress. We're, we're we're on the right road anyway. And I think we've seen by uh, the games in the weekend and up the north that even a couple of supporters makes a huge difference to decisions, to just the atmosphere in general. And I think for especially for club, like we're back training with the club there now, and you can't keep people away from just watching training. Like it was, we were training last night and it must have been like a half a dozen there. And I know they're not supposed to be there, but yeah. sure, like it's great to have to have that facility there uh, for people that. Just want to get out and see games and see training and, and look, we're we're nearly there, so it's uh, it's definitely progress. Yeah, a hundred would probably cover a lot of league uh, hurling games in Tipperary, anyways, Paddy. Let's be honest, and in Leash, anywhere in the country. Like, I mean, that's kind of what kind of who would show up to it, anyways. Yeah, and like you know, maybe there'll be a hundred and ten or twenty, but that might be let in anyway. But not brilliant. Um, and I suppose we're lucky in Bursley. We have a town park situated on the same grounds as as the GA pitch, so it's actually great. People are in around anyway, so it's actually ah, right. lovely, lovely atmosphere and a kind of, it's right in the middle of the town or just off the town and if the whole parish down there, so it actually really makes it like a normal summer. So I'm delighted. Any any bit of um, crowd involvement, like I was listening to the basketball or looking at it, the playoffs and it was actually strange. Like, I don't know if any of you watched even the PGA Tour uh, with Mickelson, but it was actually strange. I was nearly saying to myself, how are they concentrating with this crowd roaring? Like, they've gone to that stage or so far away. But look, the atmosphere, it just shows the difference really now when we get back. Yeah, it's like, but how much we've gotten used to it? Because I'll never forget the Clare Limerick game in Turles. It was the first game 
of no crowds and I was watching this going this is an abomination I can't watch this crap yeah, like yeah. I just remember and then we're watching league games now up until now and I'm completely used to it it's like it's normal isn't it it's not normal no, at all no no it's not no look you do get used to it look we had to like we were nearly accepting that we were happy just to have the games yeah. so we, we were accepting not having crowds but look I'm just really looking forward to coming back into later in the championship when we do get the kind of relatively big crowds in the smaller kind of stadiums and, and, and get the place rocking again and that, yeah. that's what really everyone looks forward to in championship well, it is. And, and that's where we're nearly there. So look, it's progress, as I said. That's what that's what gets the buzz back. You could uh, you could set a big stand up in that park, Paddy. Then and uh, you know put five thousand in it for your for any championship <laughs> games you have in Barcelona. Well, look, it is a public park. Now, but, <laughs> but, well, to be honest with you, last summer I remember juvenile matches because they're the least policed, if you get me. And um, there was massive crowds on, on the bank and in the stand and all that, just watching the under toilets playing. So, um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the league games could be fruity, who knows? <laughs> Come here, so we had no show on Monday, Les. There was only one game and it wasn't on television and I didn't want to be doing any show, you know, just based off highlights. Um, Kilkenny hammered Wexford, just a one eighteen for TJ Reid. That's not even a talking point anymore. It's actually sick, isn't it? Like what that fella's able to do. But uh, it was a good hammering Kilkenny gave Wexford. And again... Like Wexford have that excuse. They had that COVID issue. They didn't train for two weeks together because of it. Like, I mean, imagine that's a fair enough excuse, uh, Connell. Yeah, look, there's, a, there's, there's probably an element you could you could use to say, yeah, it's, it's some way acceptable to Wexford performance. But I don't think that the Wexford fans would accept it or Davy would accept it. I'm sure they had their Zoom meetings and they knew what they were doing and they knew the kind of tactics that they had just because they weren't on the field. You know, a break can be good too away from uh, when you're in that kind of a setup and you're training all the time. Maybe two weeks is a bit much, but it did, it, I'd say it didn't excuse, uh, I think, it just there was, there, was, there was no real fight in them. There was no... You know they weren't really dying for each other as usually Wexford would, and that was that's a lot of their game plan. There was no energy, no confidence. It didn't. Look, I know all that has been said in the papers uh, by a lot of people, and yeah. they're probably right. You know, everyone can't be wrong. There's there's something lacking in that Clare team, and look, m- maybe it was it was the Kilkenny thing. They 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 probably will see themselves getting over Leeds in Championship and playing Kilkenny later on in the year, possibly. Like, but. It reminded me a lot of when uh, uh, when Daly was with us in his last couple of, last year or last two. Like it, it's not that they're beating the drums constantly. It's it's, it's just the same. Uh, you're going doing the same things, and there's just no spark. You're just missing that. And no matter how hard you train, and no matter everything you do, and you talk it up, it's, sometimes it's just not there. Now, look, albeit it was a league game, it's when we come to the championship, it'll be well forgotten, but. It's just a, probably a warning life for Davy, and I'm guaranteed he's going to use this nail stick to to beat every one of these Wexford players in the next couple of weeks to make sure they're right to get it, get another crack at Kenny, and not to be as let's say embarrassed like they were in Nolan Park on, on the weekend, which they pretty much were. Like I was just looking at the stats, you could say they were six points down in the first water break, which you know, and then fourteen at half time, and then they pulled it back to ten at uh, ten points down at full time, like. That's a hammer in, in, yeah. in any man's language, really. And for Wexford, I th- they, they would have thought they, they would have been up there with Kenny and, and the Limericks and they must be really disappointed in that performance the weekend, yeah. That, that's the thing. Like, Brennan Cummins was in The Independent saying that I can't help but think back to that at a learning semi-final in 2019 and wonder how deep that scar is 
um, from the loss to Tipperary. When you lose a game you feel you should have won, it lives with you. Um, it was a huge game they should have won, Paddy. I don't know. Like I'm really, really fighting against reading too much into these league games. They are glorified challenge games, and if they were glorified challenge games in December, we would completely dismiss them. Like We have to talk about something here. Is there something in this? Niall Moran was saying, I think he was on RT saying Wexford lacks the energy and looked like a team that are devoid of confidence. Um, you know... What are, what are, are you reading into to this? It is an extension of the form and they weren't great against Clare. They just rallied brilliantly at the end. No, I, look, I suppose we spoke at the start a few weeks ago of the league and God, it's not important, but I suppose I, I certainly was of the impression that it was a little bit more important to Wexford. They had to build confidence um, after, you know, they were shambolic enough last year. Um, so had, they had to build a lot of confidence and really, they're not at all. Even if, as we said, they beat Leash. I think it was Leash at the start, wasn't it? Um, and then they they beat Clare, but Clare had a man sent off. So neither of those, you would say, are two strong wins. Um, then they get an absolute hammering at the weekend by Kilkenny. Like, and what really upset you looking at it is these are the, the type of play that they were getting beaten by was what they would have absolutely snuffed out two years ago. Uh, high balls coming through, TJ Reid running through on his own with nobody around him. I mean, that was the first port call under Davy for a few years. Matt Hannon uh, on TJ Reid. Whatever TJ Reid got, probably a few fouls, very little from play, and you have a lot of Kilkenny stop. He was walking around, let's say you thought it was a training session. So there's a huge amount of energy lost. Like, are the Wexford lads believing the tactics anymore? Is their confidence being hit so hard that they're even questioning Davy? I don't know. But they certainly hadn't the energy about him or the, the belief it looked like uh, just in the, the few highlights. And that kind of compounds what we've seen in the last few weeks. So I think it is a little worry for them. OK, league form, uh, usual years, you have another two months before championship at this stage of the league. But they're playing in you know three or four weeks' time. It's, it's, it's a sharp period to turn it around. And where do they go? Davy has the one set way of playing, really, in, in that fundamental scheme. And he has teams really fired up. And he had the first two or three years and it doesn't seem to be there now. So I think it is a worry. Yeah. I just think maybe uh, Davy knows that system and they all know and they believe in that system. And he was trying to deviate a little bit from it to see could he add something to it, maybe could bring them to an All-Ireland final or bring them a step further. And I don't think they have that. Uh, I think they probably are very good on what they do and they haven't got maybe enough of, enough depth in the squad to, to really develop that game plan anymore so he would definitely revert back to what he did and and, and, and get that relative success but it'll push on even further look on, on the last couple of league games if we're judging it on that you'd say they may struggle because I, I don't see no one really has stuck their hand up to say you know two or three lads that they've gotten their chance to say you know I, I should be playing so what does David do? He has to he, he has to get a good performance now in the next uh, couple of league games before coming into championship. You don't want to, this to keep to keep going down the road. So um, it's, it's probably disappointing for for Wexford really to 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 not see that they that they may have something else to offer. You know, an attack going forward or something different. But um, look, it's on from last weekend. It, it is wor- it is worrying for yeah. for Wexford supporters. That's for sure. It's it's worrying for them on the back of last year. Yeah, definitely. I do. Yeah, accept that that they, they probably did need a league to get that confidence back. Like uh, Niall Moran said, that confidence supersedes training and skill. I know this is a kind of a difficult question, Paddy, to answer. You know, confidence is obviously very important. But if 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 Wexford's problem is work rate, that has nothing to do with confidence. No, but. I think sometimes it do it does because if you're not confident in the setup, if you're not playing well, it it can make you think 
And I think hurling anyway, the more I think on the field, it takes you longer to do things and then you are taken apart. I would have said the times that we were lacking in confidence, our work rate wasn't high. I think players start playing a little bit for themselves and not as cohesive. So I think it is kind of mixed in together there. And the more confident you are, like I remember playing with Tip and sure, Connell is the same with Dublin. When you were confident, you didn't even have to think. Everyone was hunting in packs. They were finding a way they were they didn't even have to think about because they knew what everybody else was doing and they seem to have lost that way. Um but I do I probably do believe or I do uh, really believe in the whole aspect of that 2019 loss. Like Wexford have won All Ireland win in decades. And that was such a massive opportunity. Like I think they would have beaten Kilkenny in that final. And I think two of those together are a real problem. That that's regret now. Like you have serious regret about that. And now Limerick look good, Galler good, Tipper are, are looking a little bit better. And it's just it is. I, I still think they're in a bad they're in a bad place confidence wise. Right. Like, how do you get confidence? Like, how does an individual get confidence? How does a team get confidence? Like, if you're struggling for confidence yourself, say if it's hurling or it's football, or whatever. You'll go and you'll do that extra bit to make sure, like, it, let's say you, you, you don't feel like you're playing well, you're very low in confidence. You'll make sure you're getting to that wall ball, you know, as mu- many times as you can. You're getting as much hurling done as you can outside of training, doing the simple things to get yourself into that kind of mode of, of playing well again and, and, and getting your work rate, as Paddy said, up high, getting all the basics right, and then you can move on. And then you can get confidence from that. In, it's the same with the team. I think the team, you can get confidence from... From obviously from results you get you get massive confidence and okay they have mixed results and you get confidence from other players that you, you have confident in you're confident that they can actually perform and they, they can do what they're supposed to do you also get confidence from the management uh, in, in you believe in what they're actually trying to preach and you get confidence from the system that you're, yeah, that, that's your game that's plan your, yeah. and maybe is the, ga- the lack of confidence in the game plan could be having the knock on effect on the work rate and maybe like uh, again we don't want to read too much into it no. but maybe Paddy's onto something there like I mean it could be it could be like but it can it can it can change so quickly, you know. You know, a good few training sessions where they have a couple of challenge games or they get a couple of good wins now in the league. You know that can change very quickly, and, and mindset in training can change. You have, everyone has a pep in their step after a couple of good performances, and uh, it can change very quickly. But it's important that it, it does change for for Wexford anyway. Yeah, no, it definitely is. Come here, I'm glad this game wasn't on television uh, live because Owen Larkin and Richie Power are going off their heads. Owen Larkin tweeted, "Intercounty teams may as well." give up the gym because the physicality is gone from hurling Kilkenny and Wexford today was nothing short of embarrassing I'm ashamed to say this is the game of hurling um, not sure we've kind of talked about this Paddy the first two weeks so we don't want to spend too much time on it but geez, that, that must have been horrific altogether that's damning enough I think especially the, the Kilkenny lads certainly those uh, players were ball winners they probably wouldn't like to play in this system they want the ball hit long and hard so they can actually physically dominate you but that game looked particularly tiddlywinks like really there's no other word for it like I mean God almighty it was unbelievable how much space was around the place Um, but I think we have seen in general an improvement on the last round of games from last weekend Yeah, thought they were a lot more physical uh, teams were forcing each other to hit a little bit longer there was a few more turnovers so yeah in, in the form of what that was I would say so but I suppose look the way Davey plays like if Ryan Cody had his way we'd be going 15 on 15 let's be honest about the whole team um, but he knows he has to change and it is with the likes of Davey that he holds men back so that hopefully you will puck it down long and they can condense all the space so given that you have to go short and that's the game we're kind of left with at the minute but I do think you know teams will come along and they'll push up a little bit more because 
you know, teams are able to play around that, that sort of play as well. Yeah, no, they are. As if hurling people weren't given out enough um, the last few weeks, um, Patrick Horgan chimed in during the football match at the weekend. He says, why aren't Gaelic footballs yellow? I'm finding it very hard to see the white ball in the green grass on the television. He's taken the piss here. He doesn't tweet all that often. I didn't realise this yellow <laughs> ball was, was annoying hurling people, Connell. I thought you'd bigger fish to fry here. Um, <clears throat> look, it's not a major thing, but I, I think, uh, I'm not sure about Paddy, but I would prefer it, obviously, in the, the white slitter, yeah, definitely. Um, I'm no problem playing with a yellow one, maybe in the winter under in under floodlights, possibly. But no, I think it's like we're in the middle of the summer now, and early. Uh, so I don't know why we're still playing with it. I know it's the league end of things, but it were, they were brought in initially to see better, isn't that it? In the in the floodlights and stuff, isn't yeah, I that think it? so. Yeah, and I, yeah. I do think there was a, a situation recently where there was a point. Was it in a Galway match, and you could see it better? crossing the in oh, the replay yeah, yeah, crossing the yeah, white post than yeah, the white one it, yeah. it was helpful in that situation maybe in that situation well, but the, like linesman still, the, 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 the linesman still had to tell the umpire that went over the bar in that situation yeah, yeah. so you still have these umpires who I know they're you know my brother-in-law you know or my great-grand-uncle or whoever it is and they still can't see what's going on so I think that the issue with the slitter is more lads that are beside the post yeah but to be fair to umpires like it, it's not easy like I've in done umpire not, no. at, at club games and you know it's nervous enough sometimes when the ball is going up there over the post you're not sure sometimes you, and you might be standing at the right angle so like you know to be fair it doesn't matter really nearly what age you are but I, I okay I do I do admit that they need to be relatively young not as <laughs> I think in your eyesight declines after 70 now and <laughs> yeah. a lot of <laughs> Well, there's not many 70 young boys out there, is there? Uh, geez, say, there's a few now. There's a few. They all seem to be old. They all seem, I think it's like father-in-laws and stuff like this. Yeah, I do think yeah. the taking that away, like the referee shouldn't, you know, have the power to pick whoever he wants, yeah, no, you know, true. on yeah, a match yeah, day. Yeah. Because there are, you have people going on now about two referees and there's no need of line if umpires are, if they're trainee referees for example you know what I mean then why would you need one you've eyes everywhere Come here, I want to talk about Limerick and fouling because we've talked about this a little bit but Conan Doherty had, a, had, had some stats in, in the Independent and he said Paddy just over three games the Limerick have coughed up a total of 32 uh, points from fouls they're the, they're the most they've fouled the most Leash are next um, one, one shy of them with Mead after that he said of the 168 scored against Limerick in 2021, 45% of that have been frees. Now, like, I mean, it's interesting. He says in 2019, over six championship games on the run to the semi-final with Kilkenny, Limerick averaged uh, 5.8 frees conceded per game. In 2020, when they won the All-Ireland, that had gone up to nine, averaging nine points conceded. In the league this year, they're at 10.6 freeze conceded now like I mean they say there's nothing to this they say that they're the victims of you know the refereeing decisions they're coming down hard on them I saw Andrew Shocknessy in the examiner today saying they're being ref different than everybody else but the reality is in her last year they conceded no goals in the Munster final no goals in the All-Ireland semi-final against Galway and no goals in the All-Ireland final they won the Munster final by four they won the semi-final against Galway by three and they had no goals conceded like is a foul. A foul, obviously, around the midfield is a point. But what could happen if the foul didn't happen? Do you get me? Like, I mean, uh, what, what's going on here? Well, if, it, if you're giving away, just for example, five or six uh, frees around the middle of the field and they're put over the bar, maybe two of those could have been goal chances that go down the other end. And, and also what it does is, too, it does stop up the momentum of another team. Um, 
like if you were playing against a good player, Mark and, remember Mark and John Milan a few times, and he might get the odd score, but I might, not on purpose, but foul him two or three times because he's better than me, which is fine. But um, that does stop the momentum of him getting four or five pints, throwing the jersey to the crowd. Yeah. And it just breaks up the other team's play. I remember Kilkenny used to do a nice bit of that as well. Not that they meant it, but if you look back, Kilkenny fouled an awful lot. Um, maybe because they were bigger, maybe because they were more aggressive, maybe because, you know, Cody didn't have the whistle in his mouth during training. But for a lot of time, it does stop up the other team's momentum. And when you're that big and strong and you're, and you're told, go in there and go hard, I suppose we are going to concede a lot. But when does it go from enough that you're keeping teams at bay to 10 or 11 frees or the bear that actually uh, hampers your chances of winning? So that's, that's a, probably a worry for them. Yeah, the the whole uh, the the lack of goals is definitely linked to the increase in freeze and the increase in the tackling, and we've kind of covered this a little bit. But would you draw any kind of conclusions from the amount that the of freeze they concede, um, and the the tiny amount of goals they concede? Um, I think it's a little bit about. I think I think yes, it can be tactical from some teams to, to teams never admit this you can only try to analyse you know Limerick will be horrified by this and they could be right we could be being unfair to them they could be just fouls who yeah but <clears throat> on the other side of it, like uh, I've certainly been involved in teams where you would say okay the, 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 they're, they're a 90% from inside the 45 okay so there's so no, obviously no freeze there but if your man turns you and you think you know there's something going to happen well okay let's take a free from out there it's it's a, maybe a sixty forty, so we'll take our chances because we may know that maybe our full back line aren't aren't as fast as, as the full forward line, so we don't want to get exposed too much, and we're trying to keep it nice and tight. So yeah, a little bit is, is tactical, but um, also I think defensively Limerick are are, are pretty solid uh, to a degree, um, and that's probably a, a helps as well why they don't concede so many goals. You know, they, yeah, but. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say. I wouldn't. It's not beyond the the bounds that Limerick are thinking that this way. Like to say that that. But uh, look on the on average, their free count will definitely go down come championship. I would guarantee it because there's definitely they're definitely looking at it. And I don't care this referee and whole thing that we talked about over weeks and weeks. Yes, that was an issue in the wild, but I think that will that will level out now in the next couple of weeks coming into championships. They're not going to be as strict. They're going to let the advantage go, and um, because as soon as those crowds, as we said, come back, that would be a massive issue. They keep blowing and blowing. It'll it'll piss everyone off. Yeah. So th- I think the pressure will come on just to let the game flow a little bit, and um, and that'll probably help Limerick as well. They can they can keep doing what they're doing and and, and not concede as many frees. Right. I say the crowd will, but what about this situation where the crowd might now that people are on to Limerick and Garod Hegarty that the minute he starts tackling someone the crowd you know or come on ref like I mean you know I, it does seem to me that the people that hurling people are on to Limerick whether that's fair or not who knows yeah it's probably unfair actually really um, because the, all they're doing is playing to the rules um, and Gro- geez, I'm not going to mention Grod Hegarty about the series of after the Alarna so let's leave that one but there is a couple of more things worth looking at though number one they haven't done the training other teams have and I know I actually looked into it once I don't know that I say it here but uh, I was injured and I was looking at my stats just pricking around because I had nothing else to be doing and um, I noticed that I was giving away a lot of my fouls when I was just coming back from injury shouldn't really be playing a match yet but they throw me into the lineup. And that's where I was conceding all my fouls because uh, you're not usually going to be bet as easy. And like, if you look at the Limerick team, they haven't done the training that the other teams have done yet. So your endurance isn't as good, so your yeah. tackling is lazy, you're getting there late. And then the one other thing, yeah, they're, they're very aggressive around the middle. So they'll get a few 
frees against them. But the ref isn't going to give every single free. So they're actually, you know, the 50-50 cause, they're getting a lot of them. And so they're turning players over. Number one, that's creating easy scores. And number two, that's really protecting their full backline. So their full backline gets serious protection, even though obviously a lot of those frees are, um, you know, you know they're, they're conceding a lot of times. Yeah, no, they definitely are. We'll leave Limerick alone here for a while. I'm, 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 uh, I'm a big fan of Limerick, and I've been going on about this fouling a lot. I just think it's interesting because we had it in Gaelic football um, a lot as well. I want to ask you about. I was watching the Dublin. I'm sorry to mention football here again. Um, watching the Dublin Galway game, and uh, Cormac Costello, Conor Callaghan, and Kieran Kilkenny were running amok in the football, and I was just thinking, like Cormac Costello and Kilkenny won minor. Leinster's in 10 and 11 I think it was with Chris Crummy's uh, year and they were beaten in an All-Ireland final to beat Kilkenny yeah. in the Leinster final um, uh, we know how good Con is so he's doing it on the national stage with Kula like that would literally be the Dublin full forward line would it because we're going to talk about Dublin in part two and with, with Donald Burke out at centre forward I don't know do Dublin have that danger I know that maybe this is just the analysis lazy analysis about Dublin or not but would that be Dublin's full forward line in hurling easily had they or if they could play both no wouldn't that no was Kilkenny not the sharpshooter in that look, minor uh, team I think yeah, yeah look, he, he, he's very good minor and I think Costello is a very good minor like I think there's hundreds and hundreds of good minors you know I think this gets blown out of proportion I think a little bit like except Con, yeah look exceptional hurler and he's destroying uh, lads in, in club championship all the time and he doesn't have to pick up the hurl too often to be able to do that like yeah. even last year he, he was he was doing it so um, he's the exception because he comes back and plays hurling at a high level every year when he's finished with the football and that keeps you ticking c- keeps you ticking over and, and, and that's fine but like to say Kilkenny and Costello and whoever else all these other footballers yes they would have something to offer if they were playing cl- a high standard in club like realistically those lads haven't picked up a hurl in nearly 10 years like yeah. yes I know you can poke around and you can do everything like that but, but they don't poke, they don't play any club hurling neither of them uh, they play a little bit like but it's not to the standard not like let's say it's a high stand, a yeah, standard yeah Castle Knock wouldn't yeah. be any good yeah. or, or Whitehall don't play a huge high standard look they're in the senior championship but it's not he, he didn't play much in the last couple of years right um I just think it's unfair and it's uh, it's doing unjust to the lads that are there. Like, you know, there's there's always the talk of, oh, well, Jesus, if we had him, you know, we'd be good next year. Maybe he might come back. Maybe he might come back. And everyone's saying when Matty gets the job, oh, he'll definitely get comp playing football or hurling. Now, yeah, yeah. You know, I think you just, you forget about that. Like, and it's they, hard not to, though, isn't it, I suppose? Ah, like, look, you can, especially you can, for supporters. Yeah, look, I think they probably, like, it's like the Dermot Connolly thing, you know, when he gave the football, people think, Jesus, is he going to come in now and Pat's here, he might come in. Like, yeah, Dermot he probably would have been able to come in because he was playing, he would have played with Vincent's and he would have been always very good. Was uh, he good enough, would he he was, good enough yeah. to play inter-county hurling? Uh, I'm not sure if he was good enough, to, but he was definitely good enough to come in to, if he was asked to come in and train and yeah. see how he goes, 100%, you know, and if he, if, he was, if he was willing to do that and train hard like everyone else, absolutely give him a go. But uh, this one, Costello and Kenny, I, I don't know, I, I can't understand how you could say you can go from a good minor not playing for about 10 years and then come in straight to us. I think yeah. it, it's, it's not right and uh, it keeps coming around in circles uh, every couple of years. Um, See, but look, because uh, you went back that time, I know you were playing away with Bally Bowden anyway, so it wasn't a big, you'd yeah. be like the con situation. But here's a question for you before I move on from that. Like, I mean, the amount of time that's invested into Kilkenny Costello at underage hurling 
for them to completely turn their back on hurling. Now, I don't know is there a solution to this. Like, I mean, would you say that at, if you play jewel at underage, you know, should do you ha- should you have to give the hurlers a y- two or three years at senior? Like, you know, is there something the Dublin County Board could do to help the hurlers out here, or why invest all that money, or you know, not money and time and effort into nurturing hurlers for them to never represent the senior hurling team? Or, is, or am I trying to be a dictator here? Is this like uh, look? It's look. Everyone's playing a sport that they love to play. It's everyone's hobby. You know, players pick and choose what they want to do. Really, yeah. Ultimately, um. To say a lot of time is invested in these lads and, and, they, and they're not giving it into the hurling. Same could be said with, again, a couple of hundred other people that decide not playing anything and going to just go off and going to work, going to travel around the world or whatever. Yeah, yeah. What's the story with them? <laughs> no, then, I right? am being a dictator, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I, I, still, I still definitely always would say, uh, it, it, yes, there's a place for a dual player. If, you, if, 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 let's say, 10 years ago, or Con, let's say Con decides, actually, I wouldn't mind playing hurling. And he, that got around, and, and Matty asked him in. Like, yes, Matty would take him in, but like, he doesn't want to do that at the minute. So if he wants, the door is open for anyone that wants to play. If he wanted to play duel, he could play duel, but, he, you know, he, I mean, he might think he can't do it or whatever. He wouldn't the case be allowed is. on the football side, probably. Well, look, that's up to him to make that decision, you yeah. know. Um, but I, I would say, Dual players should you should always be promoting from underage kids to play as many sports as possible, and that's hurling and football. Keep playing under 15, 16, minor, all the way through. If you're good enough, you make the grade in both. You don't have to sacrifice one for the other, and that is a hundred percent. And I know people will say it doesn't work like that. You know, you have to concentrate on one. That's ru- that's rubbish. If you're good enough, you'll play both. And if you if if you're injury free, and if you want to do it long enough, you'll be able to do it. As simple as that. Right. Okay. Well, that's good. That's good to hear it at underage level anyway, because it's gone out of the game now, Paddy, at senior level, unfortunately. Like, I mean, what's your take on this? Like, uh, like I don't know. Like, I am being a dictator. I'm 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 being de- playing devil's advocate here because any anyone can choose to play whatever bloody Gaelic games they want I don't know there's just a little bit of frustration when you see them all choosing the football pretty much it is yeah but look we have a similar situation in, in Tipperary there's a number of guys who played underage football with Tip and could play senior football with Tipperary I suppose a lot of Lockmore lads uh, anyway for a start and then there are lads who if Hurland wasn't big uh, and they were exposed to more football would have been excellent footballers like, and that's just the way it is and whatever is the most popular yeah. like if Dublin weren't as good at the football then you might have a real you know a real question to ask there but at the minute there and the dual the dual conversation is difficult like obviously Connell knows more than I do about it but I feel like playing hurling and football at a high level is like saying, well, would you play hurling and soccer at a high level? Would you play hurling and rugby at the same? Because I think hurling and football have about as much in common as all those sports, right? We played in the same field, but the skills are absolutely, obviously, a world apart from each other. Um, and even if you're talking about fitness systems uh, of the body, I mean, the, uh, to me, there's so much more power, long power running in football, even though maybe we've seen it in hurling a little more this year. But I just think they're so different. The tactics are different. The movement is different. Breaking of the ball is different. They're such different sports. Like, would you say to somebody, hey, you can play hurling and play soccer league of Ireland there at the same time? Do you think that is, would work? And, at, and then if you look even further, uh, well, actually, tell the rest of the hurling panel, you're, this guy's only going to train once a week or twice a week, whereas you all have to train three times a week and he's still supposed to be on a level with you all. So I think it's it's a difficult one. I think it's gone very, very hard to do both. And I certainly think it would be really difficult at inter-county level, definitely. 
Yeah, that's a good point, Connell. You're talking about underage level rather than Jewel at senior level. I, I presume. Oh, well, I'm talking about senior level too. Really, like, as well. He is a good. That is a good point with the hurling and soccer. I, when I hear, would you play hurling and soccer? You'd be like, geez, now you wouldn't be able to do the two of them. You wouldn't be allowed. But in GEA, because they're both GEA, yeah, you know, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. you seem to think that you know that's okay. Yeah, look, I, I accept what Paddy's saying. <clears throat> not, not sure. I fully agree that the games are totally different. Uh, maybe it's because. If if you grow up playing both, you know you're, you're both. I think everyone's saying it's natural, like you're just yeah, switching, yeah. so it doesn't matter. You understand the game, you understand how it goes. Uh, your skills are still relatively there. You're just trying, to, you're just trying to perfect them all the time. Um, and fitness wise, I, I I think actually fitness wise they're nearly pretty much on a par. Yes, there's a lot more hard running maybe in football where you're not on the ball, but I think in hurling. Now it's at a stage where when you're on the ball, there's so many people trying to get at you and you're trying to avoid everything. Where that's where your fitness is nearly to trying to get uh, to get away from things and and to take abuse. And now look, not this year, but in previous years, there's a lot, a lot of physicality around it, and and you need fitness for that. So, um, I, they're both relatively the same as in, as in fitness wise. Now, yes, previously it was football was always a little bit more ahead of than the hurling because the easiest thing is to get the ball when you're out of breath and hit it and lump it down six or seventy yards, and everyone thinks you're great. But yeah. you know, to do that now. You know, everyone thinks you're the worst thing ever trying to hit the ball down and it's given away. So you just need to be mindful of all that. But look, I'm an advocate for the duel and, and that's from young age all the way up to senior inter county. And if if you're if you have a lifestyle and your your body's able to do it, um and everything and managers, as I said before, go everything in hand, yes you can do it. And if the like if Conor Collin turned around to, to let's say Con again, I'm just picking him because yeah. he's the one we're talking about. Connor be calling the shots here basically. If he yeah. turned around and said, I want to play hurling, do you do you think Desi would say, Oh gee, Jesus, you're gone. So, <laughs> like, there's no way. Like, yeah. if he wanted to play hurling, he could play hurling, and he and he'd have to play the football because he's so good at the football. So it can be done if the person really wants it, but it doesn't happen that often. Yeah, yeah. No, Con could Con could turn it all back. Con could turn the the clock back here, lads, and bring it all back. Come here, Joe Brody's been given out about um, unfairly. Uh, by the way, because I'm talking about this on the football show as well. He's talking about Conor McCarthy, and Conor McCarthy scored three one in the first half against uh, Donegal, and. At the end of the match, he did an interview and they hadn't won the game. They only drew it and Conor McCarthy seemed a bit deflated in the interview. Now, Brawley's making more out of it than, than he should because Conor McCarthy missed the chance to win the game at the end and he didn't have a good second half. And if, I suppose if they'd interviewed him at half time, he would have been in, in much better form. But I was just kind of thinking about, you know, post-match interviews and they are nearly all the same now, Paddy. Like, I mean, and again, am I going to be even too critical about this? That's not, it's not the player's uh, problem. But nearly every, I've wrote down some things that nearly every post-match interview will, and it's usually the man of the match that's been interviewed. So you'll make sure you take attention off yourself by stressing it was a team effort, you know, even though you played brilliant. You'll say we're not getting ahead of ourselves. You'll say it was a very tough game, but you're expecting that. You know, it's always tough up here. We've got a lot of work to do. An awful lot of things now we need to work on. Another tough game next week. We prefer to look forward to that now than be looking back at any kind of, you know, there's a great spirit within the group. You know, we've got... <laughs> we've, we've Perfect. Great, it's great stuff. Yeah. We've some great young talent coming through, you know, and we're working hard in training. Uh, great competition for places. That's what you want. You know, you want lads pushing each other. And, you know, we're looking forward to next week. And that's the interview over. And I've pretty much covered every post-match interview here <laughs> and I don't know is it like GPA advice here Paddy or is it just players picking up on what other players say and the constant feeling to not give anything away I think that's part of it um, part of it is you don't want to be the 
the person in the squad that kind of you know motivates the other team or or makes it look like you know Dublin or Leash or whoever God they're getting ahead of themselves and that is part of it but I do think the other part that um, maybe people who work in the media don't understand and I know I know a few now and um, most of those people are kind of exuberant um, and outgoing and that's their personality that ergo they work in the, the media but if you look at players like players are good at sports now some are really outgoing and their personalities are, you know, they fire out it's brilliant a lot of them are very quiet people, though. Yeah. A lot of them, uh, if, I, if I was teaching, now I had my teaching hat on, I'm teaching um, a senior cycle student, and I asked them to, you know, name their homework out or talk about, they go into themselves. So I think the likes of Joe Bradley has to be a bit more empathetic and realise, all right, maybe this is a quiet chap, doesn't know what to say, um, his head is going a million miles an hour because he's on television for the first time, and he's just reaching for any cliche he can get yeah. uh, to get him over the line. And I think that's the one thing that people have to be mindful of: is that not everybody wants to be out there throwing their personality. They're not that confident in themselves. They probably, they could have real hang-ups about their own personality and, and who they are. So I think I'd be very adamant about that. Like that, I think it's it's very difficult and I think we just should just be happy for the people that are exuberant and have that personality that, that, that we can enjoy. So Sometimes the GPA get the blame for this, Connell. Like, I mean, have you ever been advised by the GPA on what to say in interviews or do they give that advice? Because they get the blame for this and Paddy makes the good point. Like, not everyone is going to go with a camera in their face and think of interesting insights to give mm. you. And I think that's why they all reach for these stock ones because they're out there. Like, they're the ones I just read out. They're there. You're under pressure in an interview. You know, there's a great spirit within the group. I'm just reaching for yeah, that, yeah. you know? Look, I, I think there's definitely an element of what Paddy says. You don't want to be the spa in the group that you come to train next Tuesday night and everyone's like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, you're making a fool of yourself, like, and fool of us. So that does happen, and you're very conscious of that. But on the other side of it, I think that... Uh, not that it's a, it's a media training, but uh, you're definitely given guidelines of what you should, be, it, no matter what the questions are. This is what the narrative that we want out here. We don't want any of this, you know, going off in any solo. And so you're probably a lot of times maybe we were sent an email or a WhatsApp would go around saying, lads, there's five years doing media. This is what this is what you say. And it's, it's kind of general points, exactly what you said there. Yeah. Those kind of points and keep it like that. And don't don't do anything else outside of that, because if, if, if you do, Obviously, you won't be asked to do another media gig. And it's look, people put their hand up to do media gigs because A, they want to do it themselves, or B, they're getting a few quid for it. So, and that's been honest. So, yeah. Uh, they're the paid media days where you put your hand up and you'll get the few quid and you roll out these few cliches. But, like, I mean, are you, you know what you're doing here. Like, you're trying to be as pretty as much possible. as boring as possible. Yeah, yeah. And can you see the frustration in the journalist? Yeah, but like, <laughs> you'd be laughing at the end of it, like, going, geez, you didn't get much there, did you? <laughs> And, and they understand that too but it's like they're just looking for something they're looking for somebody that's going to have a chink and nine times out of ten especially when we were there with the football with Pat those lads that were, were liable to say something outside of the, the script yeah. were not chosen for that you know yeah. so you might have got the same lads that would be relatively good at talking and talking and talking and saying nothing you realise you're ten minutes there and go like like this podcast with me here I could be talking for 20 minutes and what the hell is he talking about yeah. so yeah uh, that's that's definitely out there and managers are trying to control exactly that because they don't want any noise or anything that's going to give any motivation to anyone on the outside to get in and let's go through this nice and quietly and, and let's win and, and if we win at the end of it then you can talk whatever way you want to talk at the end of the season but yeah. it never happens because nobody wants to talk to you at the end of the season no, anyway they're all done Jim Gavin's old trick was usually you'd get three minutes with Jim Gavin this was before he stopped talking to me and uh, he'd give you three minutes 
you'd have three minutes and that would be the rules or by their media manager and he'd usually go through the other team so he'd start with the goalkeeper very good goalkeeper <laughs> and by the time he's gone through <laughs> by the time he's got to number 15 ah look here you yeah, get the tap yeah. and that's it Jim, Jim's just giving you a very <laughs> generic kind of thoughts on the, the opposition I, it, it's weird when, when you hear Connell saying it like you kind of because the media GA journalists would have good relationships with the players and you know they, they'd, they'd get along pretty well and res- there'd be a mutual respect and you're like oh shaking their hand afterwards like Connell saying again you know I didn't give you much there and they have to understand this is the game and that's kind of it it's a weird one well do you know what it is I think the GA journalists kind of might be frustrated with that but it's the one flying indictment with GA journalists there's that one mole that will take something out of context or frame it in a way that you know puts you or your team in a bad light that it's not worth it for players. Um, at the end of the day, they're not professional players, so I'm not saying, like, you know, they don't owe it to promote the game. Certainly, we do, and I think it's great to do that. But, to give, you know, when you're not getting paid thousands of euros, like we see soccer players every week, they have to do it, they have to do it. Like, GA players aren't paid to do it. They're paid, or they play because they really, really enjoy it. And sometimes they can be really pulled over the coals like they are professional players, be it social media or be it on the, the, the mainstream media. And they're, I suppose they're just thinking, well, what's the advantage of me here going all out? Um, and you have the added bonus, the Irish people are quite begrudgery. So, you know, you know, you stick your head up above the parapet the odd time and you get a nice bit of abuse. So you can see what does happen and a lot of players just don't want that briefly. Yeah, they don't need it on them. Yeah, no. I listen. I I accept all that. So I don't. It, just, it doesn't look like you see American football and you see them the day before the Super Bowl and they're all talking to the media yeah, and yeah. having a crack with them and it's just like we're. It's just conservative, isn't it? Or, or media in the dressing room. The media would be in the dressing room, yeah, like yeah, I mean, and yeah. and doing all that. And years ago, when I was playing, the media would come in. You'd be still in your bloody gear or oh, whatever, yeah. and they'd be sticking. Yeah, that that was the. I don't know when Croke Park stopped that. Maybe I think as as recently as two thousand and three that that was going on but anyways it's in a different world now anyways we'll move on because I often think supporters and people listening to, show, to shows don't really care too much about GA journalists <laughs> complaining about exit <laughs> neither do players no, nobody really does right we'll, go, we'll come back and we'll look at the matches at the weekend Alright, so the big match at the weekend, lads, has to be Limerick and Cork. Um, it's the most interesting because they meet each other in the championship. It's the most interesting because of the, the, the clash of styles and Cork have probably been the team to cause Limerick, you know, as much problems as anybody else um, over the last few years when they've been, when they've been dominant. I'll start, I'll start with you, Paddy. Like, I mean, again, straight away here, like Cork play Limerick in must be three weeks time. Like, they really don't want to piss Limerick off. Do they this weekend? Like, I mean, again, I have to use the cliche shadow boxing. Like, I mean, and it's a terrible cliche. But will do Cork need to really be tearing into Limerick? Do, do they need to set down a marker for three weeks' time, Limerick go, we saw what these lads brought. We saw what, you know, and give them that kind of motivation to, I don't know, would Cork be as well off to go out and be as tippy-tappy and as over-elaborate and do all the things against uh, that they did against Tipperary? Yeah, it's it's actually a strange one, especially with Limerick, because they are kind of when they get going, they're such a beast, you know, and they are, they will be looking to get going for championship. But I t- still think though, if Cork go out with any other game plan and trying to play well and trying to get themselves ready for championship, they could get an awful hammer. And if they get an awful hammer, I think that's the worst thing that could happen. Okay, you beat or compete with Limerick and you're poking the bear, which isn't great. But if you get a hammer and then 
Limerick, I think, could be licking their chops for three weeks' time and saying, yeah, we have these guys. And uh, I think Cork probably needs to be able to stand up to them. And that, there's a relatively new style, relatively new players they have there. So they probably could do with confidence saying, yeah, we, we, we're on the same level as these lads. But I do think if Limerick come at this and push up on Cork, relatively saying push up on him, I think they could do a number on him because it's a newish Cork team. They're trying to play the ball around, but they haven't gone through the tough matches to really prove they're able. And I think if Limerick step up on them here with real championship intensity, they could um, they could punish them badly. Yeah, I think the exact same. I think um, obviously it's, it's Limerick need this win more than more than Cork really do, um, regardless of what's coming down the line. Um, I think they need Limerick need to get a performance, and 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 with that performance will come will come a win, and and they won't be looking at championship. But they want to get their their act together again, and they want to get the, the the show on the road. And and Cork just happened to be in the way at the minute, and they don't want to give Cork any confidence pretty much going into the into the into the next next game, couple of weeks time. Um, so I, I would expect a, a different kind of an, an animal on, in Limerick this weekend to come out um, and really go at and really go at Cork because. They don't want to. They don't want to give Cork any bit of oxygen at all, you know, in for a few weeks' time. So, I, exactly what Paddy says that this will be a different uh, Cork t- or Limerick team, I think, this weekend. But Cork would. There's no chance Cork will beat Limerick twice in three weeks. Well, it's every chance. Like, do you it, think it's, so? It's, it's a possibility. Like, it's a possibility. Yeah. But it's look. It's highly, highly unlikely, I think. But it's um, Cork won't change what they're what they're doing. They're going to go out with, the, I think, the same attitude and the same kind of game plan and and go at this Limerick team. They probably feel that Limerick are probably on on a bit of a down downward, like confidence wise, down, downward spiral, um, and anything they can do to to add anything in their favour for for a championship, they'll, they'll do that. And 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 with a big performance the weekend, Cork will be hoping to do that. Yeah, the Cork Cork goal threat is real, uh, Paddy. They scored five against Waterford, two against Tip, seven against Westmead. So their fourteen goals are more than all the other five teams combined. And I don't want anyone to be saying, "Oh, they got seven against Westmead." Galway played Westmead and they didn't get seven. Like Cork are clearly going for goals. You know, like I mean, and is that what this style is boiling down to? Yeah, I I think the attitude though, if you look at the attitude first and then style because the attitude always has to be right first but if you talked about Cork over the last few years Pat Horgan gets a good ball in twist turns over the bear like he's well able to do uh, Cadigan, same thing gets the ball in the corner twist turn over the bear the attitude wasn't really of taking a man on taking a belt handing it to the next man and getting a goal which is a lot of the time how you do get a goal or else a high ball in those are the two best ways of getting a goal and now they have a bit more of that about him the run I know Flynn hurt himself uh, in the Tipperary match the hamstring um, and yeah. he was really part of that that running game so they're trying to get the ball off the shoulder and run through and actually feed the man in the best position and I think if they brought nothing else that's a bit of a rootlessness that they were missing I mean for like I used to hate playing against Cork because your man would all the person we're marking unfortunately could be Pat Horgan they're going to make good runs and they're going to make sure that person gets a good ball. But really, like, they were never going to get the ball and take you on and take the belt and hand it into the next man. So, okay, if I knew I can see a couple of pints, two, three pints, they still weren't doing the damage up front. Like, Cadigan, for the speed he has, how many goals has he got in championship? I can only remember him getting a handful. Less, probably less than three or four. 
and again, I think it's because the, the mindset of it is was completely wrong. And I think they have changed that. And they've also put in a couple of hardy lads inside. Shane Barrett looks quite tough and able to take his man on. Alan Connolly has won a couple of high balls of note and has taken his man on. So they have changed it around for youth, but youth that actually are a lot different to what they have at the minute. I think Alan Connolly is going to be the story of the summer. I've predicted that um, in, my, in my humble opinion. But Paddy's right. So say traditionally the half forward line, there'd be a long ball would go in. It would either be caught or broken, usually broken, and mm. the half forward, good half forwards like Owen Larkin now would be making a, a cross field run and sweeping it up over the bar. Are Cork doing that same tactic, only a ball to hand to the full forward? And like Gaelic football, a little hand pass. The goal they got against Waterford was practically a Gaelic football goal, their first yeah. one. It was yeah. just three, a long ball, caught, uh, layoff, through the hand, layoff, cross the square, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, no, it looks like that. It does look like that. That's that. And, but they have, they have the, the youth and they have the legs and, and, and the energy to do that, you know, they have great runners from midfield and half forward line to support inside. So I'd say, I'd say a little bit could be, you know, yes, Horgan is unbelievable talented, but sometimes it can be frustrating to play with, with a lad like that. If he's a little bit off his game where he's he's getting the ball and he's going out into the corner and he's swiveling and he's and he's hitting it over and it goes wide. And it's like the lads making the runs are like, why am I running here? I mean, he's never going to pass. So yeah. it could be just the case that like maybe Kingston is just saying, Look, if you're not 100% you're going to get scored. Look, this lad's going to be running off you, so just pop it to them and then it opens up. You don't have to give it to them every time, but it's just an option. So, yes, he's, he's not giving it every time, but he certainly uh, he is he is offering that uh, pass more than he, he probably did before. And it's, the, it's the same with the other uh, from forward line with Cork. So the more options that they have up front, the better. And the more runners they have coming through, um, because maybe they the inside Cork team wouldn't have that killer instinct to really turn his man and go at him. But... It, That'll help when they have runners from deep coming in at serious pace and giving a ball. There's nothing much you can do with a lad running at 100 miles an hour straight at you. You know, you either foul him or let him by you and try and get him on the hook or the block. So that's what Cork are pretty much doing and it's working for them so far. Whether whether it'll... How much change are going to get out of it over Limerick? Because Limerick are very big and very strong and, and, and uh, imposing uh, defenders. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes with that. Yeah. So like, do, do Cork get joy against Limerick, uh, Paddy? Because obviously De- Declan Hannan always sits back in front of the full forward line, but Cork never hit it down on top of him, of him, whereas other teams do. And Cork will avoid that half back line in the air at all costs, you know, because they've such a deliberate short passing game. Is that why they're getting more joy out of Limerick than other teams? Yeah, I think that's a lot of it. Um, and then if you think back to the mid noughties, Cork have a traditional game now of actually keeping hold of the ball. They were the first team to hold the ball and I think that part of that has always been uh, kept in them because they've always had maybe a management team or somebody from that team involved uh, with them right up to now uh, we see Donald O'Grady is involved we see The Rock is involved so those guys were there when they had huge success with keeping the ball and I think the more you can keep the ball off Limerick um, the better and the, the less you can puck it down on their backline high I think the better so Cork have that sort of in their psyche anyway, in their DNA. And then, as Connell said, they have a bit of pace. Um, and there's such a large pick in Cork that they have a lot of good athletes. And whilst sometimes if a team pushes up on them, they can turn them over, uh, they can make a malfunction. Against the likes of Limerick, they can hold on to the ball, they can move it down the pitch without being broken down as much. But um, it's to be seen this weekend. I think they have a lot of new players. Um, Limerick have a point to prove. Um, so I think you know that that'll definitely come under 
the biggest stress as that it has in the league so far. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what uh, how Limerick approach it. Like, I mean, they, they could go with their strongest team. They haven't paired up their half forward line, and that half forward line makes that whole team tick. Yeah. And they haven't paired up their half back line either. Yeah. You know, they're all Ireland. so like you know. And they've, I was reading Shane Dowling and the RT website. They've used twenty nine players, which yeah. a fair few. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. No, look, I, I think that's huge if they if they do go all out, um, which. I, I suggest they they may well do if injuries provided otherwise. But um, I think they need to get in to getting that kind of confidence back. They need to be getting a run a run of a couple of games. There's not too many games left between now and championship. So um, I, I would say they they put out as strong a team as they can um, and 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 really go at it this weekend. And look for Cork. If they get beaten, is it the end of the world? No, it's probably not the end of the world. It, you know, if they have a few little, you know, key, uh, key things that work for them, that you know, little things inside the runners, how are Limerick dealing with them? So that they, if they get a couple of nuggets out of it, they'll be delighted getting out of that. And, and obviously, a win is, is is important, but it's not the it's not the be all for Cork. I think uh, this weekend. Um, it's the, the big one is championship really yeah. for Cork and that's what everyone is judging on and that's what Cork people judge, judge uh, themselves on it really is championship Yeah exactly the other one the other game this weekend is Dublin and Clare two evenly matched teams uh, Connell I'll start with you um, like I mean these are two teams realistically that are on a pretty similar level um, for the last couple of years they're able to handle the Antrims the Leashes you know those kind of teams um, the more Park game aside you know but usually Dublin are well able to beat the Antrims the Leashes so are Clare but they're not able to, to compete with the Limericks and the Corks and the Tipperaries you know like I mean is that the reality you know of where Dublin are at now? Um, look results say that yes Um I just think they, at the minute, it looks like that they, they, they just lack a little bit of confidence. You know, I think sometimes um, people come into setups and and they put so much structure in place, you know, and how to play and how, this is how it has to be done. You know, I remember after I, we, we got to the two county finals last year and beating them both, but we, I was, came back late into it and we had a, had a game and we had a big meeting and, and a game. And I was in the middle of the game going, I got the ball and I was so confused of what we actually just talked about and uh, Everton I wasn't sure what to, to do really? like, you know, it, and I remember saying it to a couple of lads I was like can we not just play hurling here like, and, and, and play natural and play free where would you have been on the pitch you would have been gone deep have been at w- that stage well I would have been wing forward kind of you know around midfield so you know there's different I just so, think with this Dublin team uh, sometimes in the last number of years uh, Game plans are being forced into them, like you know, yeah. saying this is how it's this is it's start of the year. This is how we're playing. Like, wh- why not look at the players that we have and say, right, we have, we're strong enough here. We're, we need to work on this. Well, that's it. And and now this is the game plan. After a couple of weeks or a month, say this is how we're going. And, and sometimes I think uh, people look at other teams playing, like the Limericks or whatever one, and they go, Gee, that's nice, you know, nice bit of hurling there, nice little triangles, short passing. Uh, but can we play like that? Like, do we have the players to do that? Yeah. You know, uh, what what makes Dublin uh, uh, anyway successful? You know, you play with the players that you have, and you get the best out of them, and you don't, you know, ring fence them into into certain things where you know you have to let them off. You know, at certain degrees, yes, there's game plans, and yes, the structure around everything, a hundred percent. But at some stage, you know, they have to cut the ties and say, you know, it's it's a game of hurling at the end of the day. You have to play it as you see it. So what was going on through your head when you got that ball around midfield then? What was going through your head? If I kick, if I, if I put this wide, I'm in trouble. If I don't give it into the full four line, I'm yeah, in trouble. Just, or yeah. If I don't lay it off, like what was all the messages swirling around in your head? Or It was exactly as that. And, you, you know, 
my saviour is always if, if you're not sure what the hell you're doing just put the thing over the bar I'm sure that's right you know <laughs> <laughs> because uh, and look not saying I did at that time but I think you can put too, you can put too much emphasis on meetings too much emphasis on on game plans and everything that you have to do and try and preempt every little thing that's going to happen and as soon as that ball is thrown in it's out the window anyway nine times out of ten tactics go out the window when the when championship is on yes this, this people know they're kind of certain areas and certain guidelines of what to do but I think we can you can, you can get paralysed and everything like that and I'm not saying that's happening with Dublin now but I just think yeah, the, like if you look at the teams that are being picked there's, there's a lot of chopping and changing you know uh, they're not sure what goalie they're going to go with. They keep, you know, chopping and changing there. Defensively, they look relatively, uh, relatively strong, stable enough. You know, there. Considering probably, you know, Shane Barrett isn't there this year. He's a huge loss to, in, in the wing in, in, as a wing back. Um, putting Rush back, like I've not, I, I would have every confidence in, in Liam. He, he'll do the job on the day. There's no problem. Yes, he's trying to. L- nearly learned that role again because when he was there uh, and dominating uh, under Daly that that role was a little bit different he was sitting all the time and he was winning those high balls the role of a centre back has kind of changed now you know whether he either has to follow his man or he dictates or someone's going to drop back and and fill that kind of a hole so there's loads of little things but you know he'll be fine midfield yeah they they, um, they're trying they're trying loads of different people you know they're trying they they tried James Madden there then, then he didn't play the next day you know there's and James Band was probably one of our best defenders last year, you know. And and even in the club championship, he was he was excellent cornerback. You know, he, he's just a man marker. You give him a job, he'll do it. Not sure uh, if he's a free scorer midfielder, really. You know, so uh, and they're obviously bringing Keno, Keno Callahan back in, which shores it up a little bit um, as well. But he was tried wing back. There is a lot of yeah. chopping and changing. The point we we spoke to uh, Michael Carton here a few weeks ago, and the point was in year three. They're no closer to what their team is than in year one. You know, that kind of, and that's kind of the, they, they seem to have at least back settled on a, de- a good half back line of Moore and Rush and uh, Gray and um, Owen O'Donnell and yeah. Keno Call- Callahan was wing back. He seems to have got them sorted, but it, everything's chopping and changing, isn't it? Yeah, there seems to be. Like, I'm sure Maddie's probably given it a lot of lads a chances to see if they can put their hand up for, for a championship at the minute, and, and that's fine. Um, you know, but I think there comes a time when you have to settle at some stage. You know, I don't think we have an abundance of talent to say that we've 30 really uh, competitive uh, players that are, could have a chance of getting into the 15. We probably have about 20, 25, really, realistically. Like, outside of that, then, uh, you'd probably, you know, you'd worry a little bit. But uh, um, I just think up front, you need to get more from the players that are there, you know. Uh, some serious talented players and to see them in the club championship absolutely flying it and why they don't do it then when they're in inter-county is it because they can't step up no I don't think that's the case uh, uh, are they being restricted in what in what they're being kind of being taught or, or, or how they're thinking about the game possibly I'm not sure but are the same thoughts going through their heads that went through your heads and you're an experienced player where you're thinking what am I meant to be doing here um, not sure I think they should be look they should, they should be clear on, on their roles now whether that is the case I'm not obviously there now at the minute so I don't know but you know when you when you think of the Eamon Dillings when you think of the Ronan Hayes you know and O'Sullivan those lads in club burn it up you know and in every single and the scores they're getting are you know 5-6 1-4 1-5 in, in a lot of the games and if you look at the scores that, that Dublin are kind of getting now at the minute it's it's Donald Burke that's getting it. yes he's getting a lot of frees he's getting, but he's also getting a lot from play um, inside, they're not really creating enough sco- goal current chances to, to give them sense that. And, and yes, that's probably because maybe they're bringing a man back, and you know you're playing with five up front versus six or four up front sometimes versus five or six, so that doesn't help. Um, 
But in saying all that, like they're still do, they're still doing relatively okay. It'll be it's some kind of a, a barometer where they go uh, this weekend for for the challenge. I think it's massive for they both teams. They have to be clear. Yeah, it, it's a big, it's a very big game for both teams. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like I'm d- delighted to see it's in Parnell Park because Parnell Park is is a place that I think it's very uh, everyone that plays at Dublin would always get great confidence of playing there because nobody likes coming there. I don't think in, in in playing there. So look, it is a big game. Um, do I think they have it in them to win? Yeah, of course they do. Um, I just think they just maybe just need to get, you know, come out of themselves a little bit more and play with that kind of confidence and freedom. And 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 um, and, I, and I think they may, I think they may, I think they will do that. They should do that. You know, they were a little bit better against Antrim there the weekend, and things were happening. And a lot of lads got a lot of runs. But I think now we need to be now settling down on, on, on some kind of a, a relative structure now for the for the, for the championship going forward. Yeah, that's an interesting one, Paddy. What Connell's saying about getting the ball and not being sure. I've been in that situation in football. It usually happens. You know, maybe I remember I told a story on the football show when. Uh, Mick O'Dwyer put me in full forward and my role was to get the ball and lay it off which is grand I didn't mind that I'm not a scorer anyways but he wanted me to do it every time and sometimes I was thinking that's not the right fit you know when a lad's coming charging looking for it and it's too obvious and I just want to dummy to him and go the other way but I'd be in big trouble if I did that and I was like Jesus how long do I have to play this game with this lad before he'll actually go and say you know take it as you see it or whatever but uh, like uh, the last thing you want on a field I presume it's the same as Hurling is to ever any doubts come into your mind you're in, you're, in, you're in trouble yeah I suppose I was saying it earlier you actually don't want to think on the field that much uh, I think when you are thinking you're not the actions aren't going fast enough so definitely and I do think that's probably a big problem with Dublin over the last few years they've had to think about it, whether it's a lack of players uh, up to the quality of intercounty that Matty thinks he has to have a lot of structure in place I, I don't know I think that's possibly it but yeah, you'd like to see him play a bit more with abandon. But I do think, you know, the, the step from club up to intercounty is just it's phenomenal. I think it's phenomenal anyway. Like I still think I can hang relatively well at club level with a lot of players. But I think if I try to play intercounty, I just, I mean, I, I wouldn't have a hope. Like you know that kind of way. So that's what I'm saying. I've seen a huge amount of club players play well um, and never, never do it at county stage. So it is really hard physically, skill-wise, and then even psychologically, where you're not the main man anymore. You have to fit into this group. So I think, first of all, it, the players, you know, I don't know how they the quality, the real quality, the, like the, the killer players up front that's really going to hurt the opposition. Um, and that's being honest about it. Um, and then I do think then they're probably overthinking it then. Maybe they're not exactly playing to potential now because Matty is trying to put too many little bits here and there and that you don't get to play with enough abandon. And I think that's completely right. If you go out to the field, it's a framework you're supposed to play on. Yeah, we know the general framework, but if I see something on, if I see a long ball on that I'm told usually I shouldn't hit, then I need to be hitting it. And I think, yeah, it sometimes can get mixed up. The, the game the game plan is obviously as this is the way we want to play right this is the way we want to play but do like take the right option outside of that you know what I mean that you're not married to it it's silly yeah, like yeah, a, yeah. A, game, a game plan should be very simple you know like I mean I'd say Limerick's game plan is pretty simple get the ball don't give it away get it through the hand always support the man that, that catches the ball in his hand and let's give good diagonal ball into the full forward line like I mean I can you can follow that like I yep. mean whereas they do it so well and they're so good at it I'm sure they practice walkthroughs and that it's become second nature to them but if you're trying to say go long go short you know and all this kind of yeah. here, wait a second just give us something simple and let us go out and play yeah <clears throat> and I think a, team, a lot of teams play really well um, 
when their work rate is really high. Like, you know, if, if I know tackle counts are being are all across the board of football and her and everyone counts those now. And if if you find things aren't going well, well, you're told at half time a tackle counts down and blah, 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 blah. And things aren't going well. And then all of a sudden your game plan, you're not playing to the game plan or you're not getting enough scores, you're not getting the ball inside, but it's all back down to your your work rate I think if if your work rate is high things just happen like you, you go hunt the ball you get the ball you give a good pass that on, that's on and you give a good ball in because you're 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 at the pitch of it and you're 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 really uh, on, on top of your game and I think that's the basis 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 for for any kind of a game plan no matter what it is whether it's long or short or whatever so in hurling I think you need to keep it as simple and early as possible in in my eyes it is uh, and I think if, the, if you're working really hard the game will just naturally happen if you, if everyone is a, everyone is a good standard of hurling and understands nearly the game. Things just happen when you're working really hard because you'll get turnovers. You'll get you'll see a lad running by. You'll just give it to him naturally. You're not going to be thinking, "Oh, jeez, I, I better hit this in diagonally or I better hit it in," you know, whatever the story is. So, and, and if you're not at that pitch, but you get kind of lazy, you get you know. You start thinking, oh, well, this is the way we're supposed to play. I'm supposed to give it back into the centre and go here, across. Here, here's the thing on that, and this is this is this is goes back to the point. If you pick a game plan that suits your players, they'll do what's natural to them. If you pick a game plan that doesn't suit your players, they won't do what comes natural to them, and they'll get. You know what I mean? That's yeah. a, that's the whole copycat. Limerick are doing that. That's great. And you know, let's copy them. And like you say, we don't have the players to do it. So now they have to double guess what the game naturally comes to them. Whereas I think Pat Gilroy came in, saw your players, went, "This is their this is their game. This is the type of players they are." They went route one rush. You all followed it, and that suited your players. You know what I mean? I I think the game plan has to complement the players or else you'll never do what natural because that's yeah. your natural game you know you'll be double guessing yourself then yeah, yeah look you have to have good players obviously and um, uh, yeah, as you said I just think you need to really look at what you have and, and, and play what the best way that that's the, the problem then yeah instead of it's like when a team win the Ireland playing really defensively every club team tries to do it then yeah. is that the right thing for your club team it's probably not because you might have unbelievable forwards like so why not attack so I just think it's it's too easy for people to come in from the outside and start saying this is how we're going to play and everyone's like is that uh, why like and you, you, you start asking questions and it's like are you just, are you're not part of this are you not part of this or are you, are you, are you fighting against this or anything? it's like no no I just want to see what, you know where is this give us the evidence to say that this actually is good for us in, in any team not not speaking about Dublin in, in particular I'm just saying it, that's very important I think explaining a game plan. Or trying to evolve a game plan is really what you want to try and do. Not just come in in January and say, I'm a new in here, so this is what I like to play, so this is what we're doing. Yeah. Which that happens in, in a lot of places, in a lot of clubs. In, 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 in the, it might just suit the manager and that's his style. And that's the only thing he knows. And he'll go from club to club doing the same thing. But it, it certainly doesn't suit uh, some of the players that might be in the dressing room. And, if, you, if you're bold enough, you'll stand up and you'll, you'll say that. Yeah, no, I, complete, would. I completely agree. I completely agree with that. At the, at the game plan is the, the game plan is what confu- or trying to change what the way players play is probably uh, what's confusing. Colin Galvin came on the last day, uh, Paddy, um, for Clare. Obviously great to have him back. Tony Kelly only got a dead leg. He'll be back. Like, I mean, there's your centre forward midfield. You know, they're not playing with a full deck. I'm not going to mention Peter Douglas now because he's, I think he's he's still in Australia. We don't know. I doubt if he'll be back at this stage or he'd be welcome back in. Like, I mean, they're two great players to have back. But I suppose you'd stick to the fact that Clare aren't at the top table anymore. Yeah, they're just, if you look at, uh, I often say it, if you look at their 2013 team, were so young at the time. 
and you're not holding on to many of them. So they are in a bit of trouble that way. And it, it is similar to Dublin. It's You just need one or two more really top-class players that really damage the other team. And at the minute, they don't seem to have it. They have some good workers, and they have one standout player in Tony Kelly. Uh, I love Colin Galvin. I think he's absolutely unbelievable. Again, he's a midfielder, and I do think to really do damage at this level, you need those inside players, certainly forwards, that... The other team, they pull men away from the other team. Like if Groot Hegarty gets the ball, he takes four lads with him. If Tom Morrissey does, he takes a few with him. When Hayes was up there, same thing. So they don't have that in abundance at the minute, uh, these two teams. So I think, you know, at the end of the day, if you're up against a top four or five team, they'd still struggle. Yeah, Galway Waterford is the other big one, uh, Connell. And like, I mean, we, we we don't have too much time to spend on this. I always find it interesting with Waterford. They've been in two of the last four All Ireland finals. But if you were to give me three All Ireland winners this year, no, they would you they wouldn't be in it. Yeah, what, what's going on there? Or do we not show Waterford the respect that they deserve? Um, I don't know why that is, really, to be honest. Because I suppose when you do when you do think of the the, the top three or four teams. Nine times out of ten, Waterford wouldn't be there. Um, it's probably unjust. I think this is the new Waterford team, the new Waterford style, and um, I, I genuinely think they won't be they won't be very far off again this year. Yeah, and they won't be found wanting for work rate, like you mentioned there not so long ago. Yeah, they they are the ultimate. Um, and last year to see them working for each other around the field, it's it's like a joy. It's like if if you want to show a team uh, that you're, that you're involved with. You know, another team that is implementing work rate and working for each other—it's it, nearly Waterford, and, it, and it, it, they always nearly give the ball to the best lad in the best position, or someone's willing to take a dirty ball or a dirty tackle to give to someone else to score, and, and that's ultimately what any, any team really needs. And but is, is it enough to get them over the line? Do they again? Maybe they could suffer the same thing. Do they have enough top quality to players to hurt the real uh, top teams? I'm not sure, but. Um, they're certainly going to be there, thereabouts. That's for sure. In the next, uh, in the next couple, in, in the next couple of years, and maybe this year could be their year. Yeah, exactly. Um, like I said, that's one of the big games of the weekend. We've run out of time, uh, Connell, so we won't going to go into that one uh, too much more. We'll pay more attention to it on Monday. That's on TG Cahar, um, the Sunday game. So we'll we'll cover that on Monday. Anyways, we've gone way over time. We'll be back on Monday and we'll review the weekend's hurling as usual. So we'll talk to you all then. Good luck. No such thing as a media ban. We don't have a media ban. Ah, you do? No, we don't. A donkey eat and a donkey eat a palace. <laughs> There's nothing else to eat. He was massive. <laughs> Legs, ass, filth. But I burst out laughing. <laughs> <laughs>